0: Welcome to the Inside Sports Nutrition Podcast, your source for all things sports nutrition related. So happy that you joined us today for this episode number 80. We are meeting with Colette Vartanian of the Scratch Labs company to talk about hydration and electrolytes, all kinds of goodies related to this very important topic. No matter your athletic ability, level, age, this topic is super important. For all. Thank you again for joining us. My name is Dina Griffin. I am the co-host of the show alongside Bob Sibahar. We are both registered dietitians and board-certified specialists in sports dietetics with combined professional experience exceeding 40 years. We're here to help provide translations of nutrition and sports science to real life, give you interviews with a variety of experts and athletes where you enhance your knowledge and bring a fun nutrition conversation to you each week. So this week, Colette is joining us to talk about so much related to hydration and electrolytes, including some nuances related to female athletes. We're talking also about heat adaptation training and master's athletes, along with answering some questions that we got from you awesome listeners related to long-distance open-water swimming. Uh, long days on the trail doing some fast packing. And what is cyclic dextrin? We're also going to have an overview of the scratch hydration products from Colette, which is super awesome. Uh, And if you're not familiar with Colette, she is the athlete care manager over at Scratch Labs based out of Boulder, Colorado, and she's the in-house performance dietitian. She's worked with the Seattle Seahawks, the USA Paralympic women's sitting volleyball team, the USA women's national soccer team, and so much more. She's a wealth of knowledge, super fun. We were delighted to have her on the show. And so we hope you will get a lot out of this episode. You can head over to our website to get the show notes for this episode, uh, insidesportsnutrition.com. You can submit a question over there. And if you want to connect with Colette, you can follow her on Instagram, Cole Nutrition, C-O-L-E Nutrition. And also be sure to follow along Scratch Labs. There's a wealth of info and some entertainment there on the Instagram channel. So thank you so much for being here. And let's get to episode number 80. Bob, I'm super excited for our guest today. I mean, we've got a fellow sport dietitian in the house, someone local here in Colorado, female, I mean, super cool, Ch- Chica. I mean, how jazzed are you today? I'm, for I'm pretty our guest?
1: excited. I mean, whenever we get to talk to another sport dietitian, I'm always excited, especially when it's, you know, relating to our... I don't want to say our field, but kind of our wheelhouse, right? And and yeah. literally I, I use that as kind of a pun. And listeners, you'll figure out why that is a pun here in a second, based on where our wonderful guest works. But I am so excited.
0: Yes. Yeah. So welcome to the Inside Sports Nutrition Podcast, Colette. Thank you. Let me just pick your brain real quick before we get into some other fun questions. How did you start your day? Because as we're we're recording this, it's mid morning kind of middle of the week-ish. So just curious, did you have like a a loaded hearty breakfast or how do you like to start your day and how did that unfold today?
2: Yeah. So it kind of depends on the day for me. I'm like not a creature of habit in any way. Um, Today I woke up pretty early around 6.30, had a nice cup of tea. That's usually how I start my day. I'm not a, I like coffee, but I'm not a first thing in the morning coffee person. Had a, Really funny. I was feeling nostalgic. I had a PB&J sandwich this morning for breakfast oh, on yeah. Wonder Bread of all things because uh-huh. it just something about it. Like I was at the store and I'm like that sounds really good. Um, so <laughs> nice. I just went with my intuition and I had a PB&J sandwich this morning with my cup of tea. Got to sit on my balcony, enjoy the beautiful Colorado weather we're having. Um, I love it right now. Um, So that's kind of how I started my morning kind of did a little bit of nutrition reading and getting started on my day But that's really how my day went this morning
1: That's awesome. It's so interesting to find, you know Some of us do have routines. Some of us don't some of us have tea some of us coffee Like I love the fact that you just kind of went with your instincts this morning And I I think that boy the whole wonder bread pb and mean, that even brings me back to my childhood I'm, like, oh, yeah, and I Listen, and, and Dina knows this too, but I still can definitely put down some PB&J sandwiches oh, yeah. on on any type of bread.
2: <laughs>
0: I have witnessed yeah. this. It is quite <laughs> enjoyable to uh, experience as a viewer. <laughs> yes,
1: you just need a lot of peanut butter. Whenever you hang out with me, you, you always need a lot of peanut butter.
2: Yeah, I will say through my career, I became an expert PB&J maker um, (laughs) through collegiate sports. I will thank my mentors for that. And so I know how to make the perfect PB&J. And Mm. so sometimes that's what your morning or your afternoon calls for. And you just go with that intuition.
1: Absolutely. What a a great segue. Can you kind of, because I know you've been at, and actually before I segue this, listeners, you may know, like when Dina said Scratch Labs here in Boulder, Colorado, you may have recognized that name because one of our first, wasn't it one of our first episodes, Dina was actually interviewing the founder and owner, Ellen Lim. So he, th- that's why you might be like, wow, I've heard of this scratch labs before. And it's, it's such a joy to be able to talk to the sport dietitian at scratch labs. So Colette, why don't you take us through, because I love this just fascinating question. Like, how did you even get into nutrition, sport nutrition? Why, why did you want to do this?
2: Yeah, that is an interesting question because if people who know me know I am not a huge athlete, I, I am that team mom supportive person and I'm active, but I'm just not the athlete that everyone thinks that I should be for being a sports dietitian. So I started off early in, like in high school, I played tennis and I also was team manager for our women's basketball team. I love being part of a team. I love that aspect of it. But then it was time to go to college. And I was like, well, what am I going to do? Probably something in the sciences, because I like science, thought pharmacy. So I pursued the whole pharmacy route. I went to USC for my undergraduate and I was full on pharmacy, working in the pharmacy, all of this stuff. Um, Weird opportunity in one of my nutrition classes to work in athletics and just have an opportunity to see what that was like. I was like, this might be interesting because I may never have this opportunity again if I become a pharmacist start working there. And my amazing mentors there, Andrea Vanderwoude and Becky Twombly, they were like, if you love this, then do it, try it, see what you think. Um, And so I decided my senior year to swap everything out and just go straight into full send um, sports nutrition. I was on a mission to become a sports dietitian. That's all I wanted to do. So Went through that, went to the University of Oklahoma for my coordinated master's. And I also did a master's of science at the same time so that I could get some research experience. Um, And during that time, I was working in athletics. I worked with club hockey. I worked with U.S. Paralympic sitting volleyball. Um, I did a bunch of stuff just to get more experience because I just was so excited about what I wanted to do. And there was nothing that could change my mind about being a sports dietitian. Wow. Um, and I know there's a lot of challenges to being a sports dietitian. And I faced those. I finished my schooling right before the pandemic. I got my oh. RD license February 2020. Oh so my gosh. Gosh. I'm not. I'm excited to get out there in the <laughs> workforce and there's oh. nothing. There's oh. nothing. Oh Everything shut down. I'm like, how am I going to follow this path that I created for myself? What am I going to do? I was very lucky um, being connected to CPSDA to do the SNP fellowship. Mm -hmm. And I got to go and work with um, Lindsay Langford at St. Vincent Sports Performance. And she was amazing. Her and Anna Turner really changed my perspective. I thought I was going to do collegiate football kind of the team mm. sport thing. I was at the Seahawks for my internship. I got to do all this really cool stuff, but they showed me a different side working with triathletes, working mm. with endurance athletes, working with cyclists, um, uh, working with all different kinds of sports. And so my eyes opened up. I was also that person that said, No female athletes. I I'm not ready to work with female athletes. Oh, okay. I think we're I'm very I know what it felt like to be very impressionable at my age. And I was afraid to do the same thing. Mm. Um, They opened up my confidence and said, you know how to speak to these girls. You can Mm. speak to them. You understand what it's like to be a female. Um, Don't pigeonhole yourself into one thing. So Did that for about a year. um, And I got really lucky to land a job at Scratch after that. And I've been here for two years and I get to do really, really cool things all the time. Um, So really unpredicted path. I did not think I would (laughs) end up here. Um, But I'm so thankful because I love the endurance population. There's so much um, science and there's so much puzzle piece moving that i enjoy it um i love the food service side of things but i I think that there's a combination and a balance and i think that's what i find with endurance athletes
1: nice is there is there a typical day for you at scratch or does it bounce all over the place
2: all over the place so my formal title is athlete care manager um Mm -hmm. that kind of just makes me in charge of all our athletes and making sure that they're taken care of Mm -hmm. and that they're thought of When we're creating products and when we're marketing products and when we're introducing new things. So, my role I do one on ones with athletes in our ecosystem. I help answer customer questions when emails come in. I also do product education. I do sweat testing. I do team talks. I do innovation and research on that end. Um, I do full on cooking team meals for people. So, I'm all over the place. I go to events. not one day looks exactly the same for me. Even in my in-office days, I am all over the place and my coworkers can attest to that. Like there's you don't even know where you're going to find me or what I'm going to be working on that week. Um, And I think that everyone's always excited to hear about the fun things that I get to do, um, which I'm very, very lucky to be able to be doing those things.
1: Do you get to sample like all the goodies, like the crispy Uh, rice cakes and
2: energy bars and all that good stuff? All of them. We have Uh, a good steady supply in the office. And I also get to taste things before we release them and a lot of stuff that's never even come out. Um, So I get really lucky to be part of that innovation process and really get to take the athlete's voice and bring them things that they're asking for Um, and that's been really really cool for me to be part of that process for a, a sports nutrition company because a lot of times we go to those companies and we're telling them hey we want this but I could be that person that dietitians and athletes come to and say we want this and I could be like I might be able to get you that. Yeah. Um, which is really, really cool and an awesome feeling.
1: Yeah. That's one thing I, I think Dina and I both respect from scratch and what Alan's done is kind of take the out of the box thinking and apply it to sport nutrition. And even with his background, uh, with the tour riders and everything. So that that's mm-hmm. awesome that you're able to have that interaction with customers, with athletes, and, and really maybe even be part of that, that R and D process. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah it's, it's very, very awesome.
0: It definitely seems from the outside, Colette, like Scratch Labs is the place to work if you're into sports nutrition or hydration product and the, you know, fueling and feeding and and hydrating the athlete. Um, The company culture looks amazing. So I'm kind of envious of your job.
2: (laughs) yeah it is really lucky and i love to bring in my local dietitians i was telling you guys i lean on my local dietitians so much i've built a really great community and i always invite them over to the office i'm like if you have a day you want to work from home come hang out with me let's talk about science let's learn things from each other um we all kind of live in these little isolated bubbles as sports Mm -hmm. dietitians because usually there's one of us on a team or within a company or whatever it is. So Mm -hmm. getting the lean on other dietitians and get to talk to them about what they're seeing in the field is always so fun for me. And Dr. Lim and I really try to invite dietitians to come in, do some education with us, learn from us, see what we're doing. We opened a cafe, have a meal with us, let's talk about nutrition um, because that's how our community gets stronger. And that's how we help each other become better dietitians.
0: Absolutely. Amazing. Love it. Colette, well, we wanted to dive into some hydration-specific topics um, yeah. today in our episode, and so I think it's a good time to dive into that. I mean, as you may know well, one of the more emerging areas here within sports nutrition and, and feeding, fueling, hydrating athletes is um, this aspect of, like, gender differences. Um, mm-hmm. And so for talking about hydration, I was curious from your experiences, research you've done and things you've seen in the field, talking about hydration for female athletes. And maybe we're just, you know, across all ages right now but I I guess I would be curious more in the um, with respect to maybe menstrual cycle or post menopausal female athletes. Can we jump into this massive topic? And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What are some things that you're seeing or controversies, Mm -hmm. myths, things that you want to bring up?
2: Yeah, there's, there's a lot going on with hydration science. It's somewhere I think that um, dietitians, we, we don't, learn a ton about this in school. And it's somewhere where I had to really deep dive on my own and with some experts out there to really learn a lot. Um, And I think that there's still a lot, like the verdict is still out on female versus male athlete differences. And I think that there's some really great researchers out there that are doing the work to help us better understand it. Um, some of my favorites, uh, Dr. Abby Smith, Ryan, Dr. Stacey Sims, I've learned a lot from all of them. Um, and I think that they are really pushing for more female athlete, um, science coming out. Um, I will say when it comes to hydration, there are some nuances when it comes to female, but what I truly feel is that hydration is very, um, personalized to the person. Um, we are learning more and more about how to personalize and dial in our hydration. And I think that, um, there might be some blanket ideas of what we should be thinking about during our menstrual cycle. But again, female hormones vary person to person. Um, our symptoms vary person to person. Our training looks very different. Um, and so I think being aware that all of this is just, um, blanket ideas and not quite this is what every female athlete should be doing I think is a very important standard to set because I think that we should as athletes not be comparing ourselves to anybody else and focusing on what dials in for only our bodies Um, but I've been having a lot of conversations about menstrual cycle with female athletes lately um, understanding our menstrual cycle better and also are we like I ask questions like, are we even tracking this? Do you understand what's going on? Do you even understand what the phases look like? Um, Because those really make a difference. And then having athletes track their symptoms, because um, if you are not dealing with headaches or you're not dealing with overheating, those should not be issues that you're trying to solve. You should try to solve the issues that you actually do have. Mm -hmm. Um, But I will say when it comes to the menstrual cycle, there's two major phases. You have your luteal phase and your follicular phase your um, estrogen is right. So basically when when it comes to your menstrual cycle, you, I would say the start of your cycle is your period. Um, And so your start of your cycle, you see estrogen slowly increasing. And what we see there is that as, as estrogen peaks um, just before your ovulation. So that's about two weeks into your cycle. um, You may see um, increased wet rates. So your body temperature is potentially raising. Um, And we're seeing that estrogen acts as a fluid retaining hormone. So we're seeing that there's some changes in hydration. Um, A lot of times earlier on, I really have athletes, I think that athletes should be focusing on hydration all parts of the time. But if you are experiencing symptoms that align with some of this fluid retaining, or you're noticing that you're overheating more, then we want to make adjustments to your your nutrition and your your hydration protocols because those want to be things that we want to mitigate as we ovulate and we move on into our cycle back to getting ready for another period um, what we see is that progesterone is starting to rise and that acts more as a diuretic so you may see a lot more loss there you may see um, increased fluid losses is usually what I notice but everyone again, very different. So I always recommend before you even get into trying to customize for your cycle, track your cycle, figure out what it looks like, figure out what your symptoms look like, because that's probably the most important thing. Um, Not to say that, but um, I would say also, um, we are noticing things, uh, when it gets later in our cycle with, it being harder to cool our bodies down. I think that's the biggest part to hydration is what's happening with your core body temperature. Um, I think that's something that not a lot of us have explored. We understand, we hear this information, core body temperature, core body temperature. What does that mean? Um, In the past, it was a very invasive uh, way to figure out what your core body temperature was. Um, And you guys can all imagine what I'm talking about. Um, As dietitians, most of us know what that means. But there are now devices that help us measure core body temperature externally, which is really nice. Um, But I do think that what we see with females is that our core body temperature is fluctuating a lot because our hormonal cycle is changing day to day. We are not like men where we have 24 hour cycles. We have 28 30 day mm. 35 day depending on the person what their cycle are like so every day looks very different for us so um i have some athletes who take their temperature every morning mm. um they want to see what their that helps not only to understand where they are in their cycle that may affect their nutrition and their hydration but they also might be thinking about things like um Where's my core, like body temperature at, as we progress through the cycle, you may see slight changes, like 0.5 Celsius changes in your cycle. Um, And that could mean that you're starting at a hotter temp. And so cooling is going to be very important for you. Um, As we age too, you were talking about moving into menopause. Um, As we age, cooling down becomes much harder. Um, it becomes much harder for females. And we experience things through menopause, like hot flashes and night sweats and all of those things. And so cooling techniques are going to be key for all athletes, but especially if you're experiencing those symptoms. Um, that's what I really see a lot of. Um, and then when it comes to cooling techniques, there's tons of different stuff out there now. Um, some people are doing um cold ice slurry drinks before they get started with exercise some are doing it before bed if they're experiencing hot flashes and like night sweats um i think that there's a lot of different ways we've done things like game readies with um with ice bath basically the game ready is an ice bath that has compression we put those on athletes sometimes um if we need to Um, but i also think heat training can help a lot of athletes who are struggling with their sweat or their sweat concentration or their sweat rate to better normalize their sweating and their core body temperature, no matter what environment they're in. Um, I don't know how much uh, you guys work with athletes on heat training. It seems kind of weird because we're not like, I'm not an exercise physiologist, but luckily with the help of Dr. Lim, I've learned a lot about heat acclimation and how to help athletes get better at that and what to do especially when living in Colorado where the temperatures are all over the place and usually we're training in cold weather um so I think that that is a big piece of it too is learning how to heat acclimate and that does not mean going in a sauna for an hour um that is like excessive and it's honestly not great for anybody to be in there that long unless you've been training yourself up to that but the first time in the sauna should never be an hour um that's what i always tell people and my football <laughs> guys when i was working in football they they were all like i gotta get in the sauna i gotta go there for like an hour and a half and i'm like are you okay like is, that is a little that is a little too long for anybody you're gonna turn into a raisin by the time yeah. you come out of there um but i think that well, like, that's been the most interesting piece of incorporating hydration science and that heat acclimatization we're actually seeing a lot of improvements especially for athletes who are not being able to train in altitude they still get some benefits from that mm-hmm. which i think is really really cool and pretty accessible um yeah. you don't need to have a fancy sauna in your backyard you can take a hot steamy shower a hot bath um you can get in a jacuzzi You can get one of those tiny little sauna suits and sit in them in your in your house. Like there's a lot of access to these things now, which I love um, because sports nutrition and and sports performance should not like be overburdensome in cost. There's a lot we can do without it getting expensive. Um, And I know that's what I deal with with a lot of endurance athletes because sports are expensive the sports hmm. endurance sports are expensive so how do we make sure we're getting the most gains for the least amount of money
1: exactly um, it's a
2: conversation i have all the time yeah um especially because we have to spend a lot of money eating sports nutrition products yeah. or even real food um <laughs> it's hard um so yeah i kind of went all over the place with this one yeah. but i think that the biggest key takeaways i have is tracking your cycle is very helpful in understanding what your symptoms are. And from those symptoms, you can do things to mitigate, um, the hydration or the fueling needs that you have. I think, especially during the middle to end part of your cycle, that's when hydration becomes really, really important and making sure that you're getting enough electrolytes to hold onto that fluid because we see that higher progesterone, um, that is causing a diuretic effect, we want to make sure we're holding on to more of that hydration that we might be losing. We may be sweating more. Um, typically we see females are sweating less than men, but this is not everybody. I will say I have females with a lot, really high sweat rates, but because of our body size and, and some of our hormones, we may be sweating less than men, but I really don't like to compare the two. I think every single person is individual. Um so increasing hydration, increasing um sodium intake to help with holding on to hydration is really, really important. And that's where finding the right products really makes a difference. Um and figuring out what works best for your routine. Perfect. Um, yeah
1: it do you, we're going <clears> to, <throat> we're going to play a different card here um, yeah. and it won't be gender-based, but it's going to be, we're going to throw in the age card, right? Okay. Do you work a lot with master's athletes at Scratch? And again, every organization, of course, delineates master's athletes differently, but let's just say 40 years and older. Do you, do you have those? those yeah, options?
2: a lot, a lot, okay. actually.
1: Can you talk us through maybe some differences that you're seeing with hydration, electrolytes? Cause we know as we age the biology of aging, you know, our thirst perception decreases, our mm-hmm. physiological drive to drink decreases, like everything is, is seems a little wonky, right? So what are your messages or what are you seeing for the master's athlete?
2: Yeah. Um, for a lot of them, they do report, I'm not that thirsty or I just, I don't, I don't want to grab, or I want a very light flavor because that flavor fatigue keeps mm-hmm. happening to me because I'm not thirsty. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of stuff that we, we try to help athletes with. Um, the, I, I think the biggest thing is that, um, you're not probably going to be feeling the same way you did when you were 20 years old and that you have to pull that out and say those products I use or whatever may not work for me anymore. My, my, my whole body is a little bit older and my gut might be tired. My, my, everything might be a little bit more tired and it may not want to respond the way, same way. So make sure your products are matching what you need. Um, be willing to experiment with different things. But I, what I've really noticed is getting those athletes on more of a scheduled huh. situation rather than listening to their intuition. I think, especially in race situations, um, there's so many other situations or things that you're trying to focus on in a race. Why do you want to try to make the hydration and fueling also intuitive when you need to be focusing on the rest? So make it easier on yourself and have a schedule put a reminder on your watch, put a reminder on your bike computer, whatever it is to get you to remember. um, I think that more early and often reminders usually help. And I think with a lot of my aging athletes or my master's athletes, I never know. I'm like, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings with this. We're all going to get old. And I know that I am too. Um, But um, I do do know that our body feels different and it it changes, but I focus on pre-hydrating really well with them, Mm. especially if you're traveling for training or racing, hydration starts early. It starts two or three days before. um, And you want to be adding electrolytes in. This is a time where, um athletes maybe like well i have a history of hypertension or i have a history of 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 this in my family or whatever so i'm being more conscious because my doctor is saying these things and i'm like they're the balance to everything. Um, we obviously want to be aware of any of those conditions that can happen later in our lives or even early in our lives. I have athletes that are really young that have some of those um, medical issues. But I will say that I think fueling and hydrating early and often, whether it's during training or racing or preparing for that, especially if you're going to be in hotter environments, it doesn't matter what age you are. You need to be prepared. Preparation yeah. um, is probably what I talk about the most, because I can't be there all the time. I wish I could be a team mom for every single one of my (laughs) athletes and be next to them every single moment, but teaching them to be prepared, um, and have the tools in their toolbox. Mm -hmm. Are you going for a super long ride and you're not sure, like I didn't hydrate very well. Did you bring extra stuff in case you need more hydration? Um, all those things kind of play into that role. Um, as as we age a lot of stuff changes and I think that we can't the big thing is you can't stick to what you've always done you got to experiment and figure out what is now working for you um because I will even say as as an adult now like um what I was eating when I was 15 playing tennis will not fly now I was eating onions (laughs) and Dr. Pepper before practice Oh yeah. if I ate that now (laughs) I probably wouldn't feel that good yeah um but I
1: remember that's, that's, Funyuns, You just brought me back a few wow, decades.
0: Weird. And Dr. Pepper. Y'all yeah. know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Colette, do you this is interesting because I'm I'm gathering a lot of interesting things from what you're saying and you know, the preparation and you know, even from the accountability standpoint, but mm-hmm. with and you kind of mentioned some testing when we were talking earlier too. Yeah. Do you what kind of what kind of testing does Scratch do for their athletes to help them? with the preparation or to help you with their preparation? Where are you bringing in science here?
2: Yeah. So hydration is like the testing is, 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 has been around for a while, but it hasn't been as accessible. But what we know is that your sweat is not just water, there's electrolytes in there, right? And 90%, or I would say a large portion of those electrolytes are going to be sodium. So when we're looking and assessing what we do at Scratch is we use a sweat testing um, machine uh, that use, it's basically what Precision Hydration has um, in all their testing centers. We have the same device at Scratch. And what we do is test sweat sodium concentration. So we're trying to figure out how much sodium is in your sweat, because for the most part, for most athletes, it's a genetic factor and it changes very still slightly due to a couple things. But for the most part, we know that it's a genetic factor that um, is going to basically determine maybe where you are most likely I always say you're in a t-shirt size and your t-shirt size won't like fluctuate too much it's not like you can be a large and then be a small tomorrow there's no quick fix to changing that sodium concentration but what does change a lot is sweat rate and so we test the sodium sweat concentration and then whether an athlete is local or you know um somewhere around the country, I usually work with them on figuring out their sweat rate too. So if they're local, we'll do tests at the office. If Mm -hmm. not, they report back their numbers and I put together a plan for them because we know that if you're a heavy sweater and you're sweating out low sodium concentrations, you could still be sweating as much as somebody else. It's just figuring out what that balance is for you. And the funny thing is that before all of this stuff, um, Dr. Lim was using titration equations to figure Mm -hmm. this out. He was putting different amounts of sodium in bottles and just weighing athletes before and after workouts to try to figure out what was going on and why everyone responded to a different sodium concentration in their bottle. And so no matter what kind of athlete you are, I think that understanding your sweat is a big piece of the puzzle. And now we have more access to it. So you can go into a testing center like scratch or precision hydration and get that testing done. But now, the cool thing is that there's wearable devices now that we're Mm -hmm. seeing. So it's really cool. And I've tested probably like five or six different wearable devices at this point and compared them to what we're doing and the standards that we have. And I think that there's some pretty legit products on the market to help athletes wherever they are. Um, But the big thing is understanding that sweat is two components. It's your sodium concentration or your electrolyte loss. And then it's also the volume loss. And so once you get those two pieces, you now have the pieces to figure out, well, now what goes in my bottle? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's always the question. And when does it change? Mm -hmm. Um, When am I adjusting what goes in my bottle? Um, Which for the most part, it's not the product going in the bottle that changes. It's the volume of fluid that we're Mm -hmm probably adjusting um, to be able to make sure we're matching the needs for that temperature intensity type of race, all those things. Um, So that's what we do at Scratch. Uh, I, I got really lucky early on in my career to learn about sweat testing and get to do it before even at St. Vincent's um, and work with a bunch of different kinds of athletes, as well as firefighters and and industrial athletes who are working in warehouses in really hot conditions. We're understanding that it's not just athletes who are sweating, everybody's sweating. So how do we help people um, figure out what product should I be picking up off the shelf that makes sense for me? yeah um that's the biggest thing is what works for me may not work for you and what your favorite athlete is doing probably is not going to be what you need (laughs) i will say um so getting the doing the digging on your own and you can experiment by just trying different sodium concentrations and weighing yourself in and out um it doesn't have to be a device it doesn't have to be a fancy test um i think that there's a lot of actionable items you can just get from doing some sweat rate testing
0: yeah that's huge those educational pieces and steps Mm -hmm. that we can take to really then further understand what our own bodies need in the various situations Um, yeah well I think one of the other things athletes get confused about when they are product shopping is like what to look for or they Mm -hmm. assume like "Eh, they're all kind of the same which we know is not true. I wondered, Colette, if you could walk us through some of the um, Scratch Labs hydration products to highlight some of the nuances or things that make them unique and different from each other and, and maybe then which ones might be appropriate in certain settings, if you could speak to that.
2: Yeah, so I think the biggest thing is no matter what product you're using, there's a couple things you're looking for. You're looking for, obviously... It needs to go in fluid it needs to go in water um so whatever if whether you're getting a powder or a bottle like it needs to have some volume of fluid the second thing is electrolytes and you want to make sure that the main electrolyte that you're focusing on is sodium because that is what's impacting hydration when we're exercising yes we have other electrolytes that we're sweating out but i always say that um there needs to be some present, but for most athletes, we're getting enough through the foods we're eating. And I think that, Um, It's really dependent on the person. If we're seeing the lack of hydration, even after sodium replacement, then we kind of dig into some of the other electrolytes and figure out what's missing. And then the third thing is there there should be some sort of carbohydrate present because carbohydrates assist with making sure that we stay hydrated. And for a lot of endurance athletes, it's just one less thing to worry about as far as getting extra calories in, Um, because that is always the hardest is I can't eat enough. Okay, well, Can we get some of that through liquid? Now we understand that liquid fueling works. Um, And so being able to have that as part of your toolkit is really important. When you're thinking through the Scratch Labs products, I would say they vary in different saltiness because we know that not everyone is sweating the same amount. And they also may have different needs depending on what they're going to be doing. So from the bottom lowest in saltiness, we have clear clear is our newest product. It is meant to taste like water, which is really great for anybody who either has a hard time drinking sports drinks because they don't like the flavor, or there's someone who just is always craving water and cannot get themselves to drink a sports drink, not because they don't think they need it, but just because they're always wanting that water flavor. So clear is really great for that. It has the lowest amount of sodium, which is about 270 milligrams, but it can be buildable. That's what I love about it is if you need more salt and you still want it to taste like nothing, you just add a couple scoops, get it to what you need. Um, It also uses our cluster dextrin, that cyclic dextrin, that branch chain um, to be able to hide some of the sodium in the the taste, but also to bring you a little bit more consistent carbohydrate intake um, where you're maybe... Monitoring and like leveling your your carbohydrate intake with your blood glucose so that you don't um, overdo it and overspike. So sometimes I find this to be a great product for like pre or if you need some hydration but you're not being super super active, it's not gonna spike your blood sugar like something else that we typically are using for during exercise. But plenty of my athletes use this for during. Well, then we have I, this. Part- can I yeah, stop you real quick? It. I'm sorry to hijack
1: yeah. hijack this, but you you mentioned something that. I didn't, I haven't heard before. So I just want to ask you, you mentioned something with the cyclic dextrin hiding the sodium. Can you just, just talk to us a little bit more? Yeah.
2: So that's something that um, we learned more and more as we were using the ingredient in innovation was because cyclic dextrin is this super large molecule of glucose molecules. So they're all kind of bound up. I always say they kind of remind me of like a a wound up centipede with lots of little legs. Um, Those little legs are pulling off one at a time with the slow release, but with it being such a large molecule, they're able to hide things like sugar mm. flavor as well as salt. So it doesn't taste as salty. Um, and I think that's really important because sometimes stuff tastes super salty to people right. and also using sodium citrate mm. also reduces the salty flavor of things. So we use a combination of those so that it tastes very light. Um, and that's why if you use super high carb mix, you'll notice it's not a super sweet flavor, but it has tons of calories. Mm. And it's because, um, that cyclic dextrin also doesn't break down in our mouth. It doesn't use amylase to break down. So you're not getting that sweet taste in your mouth. It's, it's breaking down once it gets to your gut, Mm. um, which I think is really helpful. Um, and so if you're someone that has to use a really high sodium product and doesn't like the taste of the saltiness, what I end up doing is putting a little bit of this in, or maybe some of my super high carb to mask some of that flavor. And it actually works pretty well for some people who are like, this one tastes like ocean water. I can't handle it. (laughs) Um, um, And so that's kind of where the cyclic dextrin comes in and how we use it to innovate something different. Um, Our standard base of the line product is our sports hydration mix that has 380 milligrams of sodium, regular, Um, simple, supposed to match what you're losing. Most average athletes are losing in their sweat. That is a great place to start for most people who don't know what they should be getting and see and play around with maybe either concentrating it or using less to figure out what, what works best for you. We, have intri- we also have a wellness product um, that is double the saltiness of our sports hydration mix, about 710 milligrams, but it has some other electrolytes and more higher numbers of electrolytes as well as zinc to help promote immunity. We use the World Health Organization standards for an oral rehydration solution to create this one. So this can be used stirring it can be used for travel i use it all the time when i'm flying so that i don't have to use the bathroom as often on the plane um and to just make sure i'm drinking enough because this much water on the plane is never enough for anybody (laughs) um i'm always like the day i forget my water bottle i'm like oh my god can i just ask them for a whole bottle of water at this point (laughs) um But so our wellness is really meant to be kind of all encompassing. You can use it if you're a saltier sweater, you can use it if you're traveling, you can use it if you're behind, if you're not feeling well lots of different uses for this one and then we have our hyperhydration. this is the saltiest of all salty um, my co-workers call it ocean water sometimes mm. um, it's pretty salty and it's a passion fruit flavor so that's supposed to help kind of hide some of the salt flavor mm. um, so if anyone's ever wondering why we use passion fruit it's usually to it we use it to really try to mask some of that salty and salty taste so that it's not as unbearable um, but this is as salty as your blood and so mm-hmm. our blood is pretty salty. It's about thirty five hundred milligrams per liter, and um, we wanted to find something that would cause rapid rehydration. We know um, athletes may be using IVs. I'm, and for a lot of endurance sports, you're not even allowed to use IVs mm-hmm. to hydrate yourself. And so sometimes I say this is your uh, workaround for an IV. This is going to get you just as rapidly hydrated as an IV a lot cheaper. Um, and, and it's easy to, to travel with. Um, you can use this if you're in severe dehydration, you've been ill all weekend, but you know, you need to still train or race, um, you're super salty sweater and you know, you need, you have higher needs, or I use this as a prehydrator the night before a race mm. um, especially for a hot race or a hot or humid temp where mm-hmm. an athlete is coming from a much cooler temp, we try to pre-hydrate them as much. And this is the same tactic I use also for my menstruating females. Mm-hmm. Um, there, certain parts of their cycle where they need more hydration. I focus a lot on pre-hydration with them. And so we add things like wellness or hyper into the mix. Mm-hmm. If they're noticing that their hydration is not quite on par and they are entering a part of the cycle where they have more of the progesterone and, and the diuretic effect. Mm -hmm. We try to add stuff in that helps them hold on to the hydration that they are drinking. So those are our three hydrate or four hydration products Mm -hmm. now. Um, Hopefully more to come in the future. We're always innovating and thinking of new ideas. Um, Our sports hydration mix has probably the most robust flavors of all of them. Um, And One thing that people don't realize that I always try to educate athletes on is you can mix and match these things all you want. You like the hyperhydration, but you don't love the flavor, add a little bit of sports hydration mix in there, add some flavor in somehow to get get you able to drink it. Um, Sometimes I use clear in my super fuel or my super high carb is not what we call it. Um, Sometimes I mix different products together to get the right profile of what I need. And that's why testing is important. Um and can be very helpful is once we know what you need, we can customize a couple different products to work for you. Mix stuff together, find what works. Um, and I think that's the fun part of hydration sciences. Um, and using different products. You can mix and match things all you want with scratch. I mix yeah. all our products in different ways, and I think that's the fun thing.
1: You mix all four of them just to see what it tastes like.
2: <laughs> I've never tried that, but now I'm you going should. to do that and I will I will put them on and tag you guys. Yeah, I, d- I sure. do
0: know a few uh, adults who will use the scratch um, sport hydration to mix with their tequila for their yes. margaritas. Oh, interesting. Yeah, love interesting. We love them.
2: Yeah. We say it's hydrating while you're dehydrating. Oh, yeah.
1: There you go. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: well, we, I, I mean, guess it's not the best thing, uh, but um, sometimes you gotta have fun uh, with it. I've salted fruit. For yeah. races oh, with nice. scratch because i didn't yeah. bring salt yeah so i just dumped I some scratch it. on it so yeah there, so there's lots of different yeah. ways you can use the product
1: yeah um, sure. and we have tons
2: of recipes on our website of different ways to mix them up
1: well and i love the fact that you have four different ones because you can periodize it based on the athlete's needs right you talk mm-hmm. you hit the the female you hit i mean even talking about the master's athlete or even a young athlete i mean i love the fact that there's not just one you know, and you're yeah. like, okay, well, let's see what your needs are. And then we can mix and yeah. match and, um, and, and, and even, you know, mix. One or two or, or two or three or four, who knows, right? So yeah, that's that's awesome that there are so many, so many options. Can we um can we get into some listeners' questions? Cause I know they always love yeah. us asking our experts the the questions that they have because they're like, Oh yeah, this is cool. She's actually answering my question, right? Yeah, let's so go for the it. the first one, and you you started talking about it a little bit, but I'd love for you, because this may be the first time people are actually hearing about cyclic dextrin, even though we mm-hmm. had Dr. Lim on early, Mm -hmm. early in our podcast. Can you just kind of give us a short background? Like what is cyclic dextrin? What the heck are we using it for? And you know, why is it in in some products?
2: Yeah. So this is a, it's not a new ingredient, um, but I think it's new to the endurance world Mm -hmm. and what it is. It's a really long glucose Strand. Um, We have simple and we have complex carbohydrates. And so your simple carbohydrates are going to be, you know, several small molecules where we have our complex that are going to be larger. So a lot of what people hear when they think of a more complex glucose molecule is maltodextrin. Maltodextrin is multiple chains of glucose molecules, but they release all at the same time, which for some athletes may not feel the best for their gut, which, and some athletes do perfectly fine on it. And so it's very personal preference. Um, Cyclic dextrin is slightly more complex than that. It's 80 to 100 glucose molecules in a strand. And what they do is they bind up and they wind together and they have little legs basically is what I consider them. And basically they're branch cyclic uh, sugars. And so with the branches, they all pull apart at different times causing almost like a slow release so you're not seeing a great rise in your blood sugar which i think is really great for endurance athletes who are trying to find something to level them out in long competitions while adding in some simple sugars here and there for the boosts that they need but you always have this steady background going of a carbohydrate that keeps them fueled and going for a lot longer. Um, With that cyclic dextrin, it's also very light in flavor. Um, And we're seeing it used as a fuel product prior to this. The only place I had ever seen it being used is in weightlifting and bodybuilding. Um, That was the community that was using this product in bulk before it got into endurance sports it's derived from corn um and it's pretty complex so i think that it's a really great solution for people who have gi issues but still know they need to eat something and don't want it to be very flavorful and they want it easy to get in to their system it's relatively new there's not very many other brands on the market using this product um, but I think that it's a great solution for athletes with GI issues, especially because it's very light on the stomach. Awesome. awesome. Well, it that sounds like good. some of
1: your competitors might actually start using it now after they listen to this.
2: <laughs> I hope so. I mean, I hope that people start using it. It's a great ingredient. I yeah. think that, um, maltodextrin can be hit or miss for a lot of athletes. And so yeah. if you can move away from that, like great.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, Colette, uh, one question that came in is specific to open water swimming and yeah. longer distances and this could apply maybe to other sports where we just don't have access to fluids I mean mm-hmm. when we're swimming I suppose we could accidentally just drink the water in which we're swimming that might not be a good idea <laughs> uh, depending on bacterial counts and things but do you have suggestions or, or guidance for those who might be in a situation for example an open water swim that's going to be two three hours mm-hmm. how do they handle Handle the hydration if they don't have access, like a boat that's following them or yeah. that many you know stops along the way.
2: Yeah, this is where prehydrating becomes important again. Um, I cannot emphasize how important prehydrating can be for so many different applications. But for someone like this, I may say, especially if you didn't hydrate well the day before you are going to go do this long open water swim, Let's get in some more electrolytes with dinner, Um, whether that means it's a sports drink. So you may want like the wellness or the hyperhydration or the high sodium hydration is what we call it now. Or you may just want to add more salt to your food, have a bowl of miso soup or chicken noodle soup or something salty with your meal that can help a lot with prehydrating. But also first thing in the morning. minute, your feet touch the floor. I learned this from my, uh, one of my mentors, Anna Turner. She always says the minute your feet touch the floor, you should be sipping Mm -hmm. and you have that bottle next to you and you start sipping all morning, no matter if you're going into the shower or you're running around getting your kids ready for, for school and all that stuff. You just have that bottle in your hand the whole morning and you start pre-hydrating even more because you won't have that opportunity to hydrate during your event. So you need to do everything beforehand to make sure you're prepared. So that's what I would do. Prehydrating higher sodium, probably, um, concentrate your fluids a little bit more so that you hold on to more of it. Um, especially because in water, you can't tell how much you're sweating um, either. So it's hard.
0: Yeah.
1: So here's another kind of a curveball to the swimming one, because now we're talking, the question was, do you have suggestions for multi-day hiking or fast packing? So this is talking specifically about 16 to 18 hour days hiking or fast packing. So they're able to carry possibly, but they're limited. So how would you, how would you respond to those hydration needs?
2: Yeah. So these athletes are typically trying to carry as little weight as possible, which is helpful for them because they're trying to get through a lot quickly. Um, I always recommend um, that they bring some type of Water purifying source with them because you may not want to carry the amount of fluid that you need, but you probably will need more fluid than what you pack with you. Um, So, making sure that you have access to fresh water, whatever you're using um, to do that, but then also maybe bringing more highly concentrated sodium solutions so that you could use less. So, like, let's say you bring your hyper, but you don't need to you're not sweating as much or your sodium concentration that high, you can use half a packet and now you've you've saved space and you have a product that works for you. Um, I always say, again, pre-hydrating, hydrating early and often for these situations, knowing that you're going into a fast packing or long hike situation, well hydrated so that you're not worrying about that stuff um, is really, really important. And then just making sure you bring stress, even though you're trying to save space, Bring stuff with more salt in it. Bring salty snacks with you as well if you can. So if you can't get all your salt from your hydration drink, bring salty things like beef jerky or um bring other little salty snacks that you can have, like pretzels. Find something that helps you hold on to more of the fluid.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. That is terrific. Thank you so yeah. much, Colette. Yeah, no Gosh, worries. Gosh, I, I know we could talk for hours longer I on know. all of hydration, but this is a good, you know, kind of scratch in the surface. I bet you never <laughs> heard, heard that before. one before. No. So, I
1: saw what you did, Dee. I saw that.
0: <laughs> Anyways, uh, is there anything, Colette, uh, and we'd love to have you back on uh, future time if that would work for you because I know we'll get so many more questions and, uh, the science itself is fascinating. Um, but is there anything we've talked about that you wanted to add on to or anything we haven't mentioned that you want to be sure to add?
2: Yeah. Um, I get a lot of questions about cramping. So I just, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you guys have probably covered this somewhere because I know that we all talk about it, but I get a lot of questions about cramping. What do I do when I cramp? Where's the cramping coming from? Is it a hydration issue? I will say that sometimes it can be an hydration issue. It can be also It kind of depends on where you're cramping. Are you cramping in your legs or in your stomach? If you're cramping in your stomach and it's side stitches and stuff, it's usually either um, fueling timing is a little off or overdoing the timing or overdoing the fueling. Um, And then when it comes to the body, it's way more multifaceted than just hydration. Um, Electrolytes help. It's an easy place to start. If you're not sure why you're cramping, make sure you're monitoring your electrolytes. But there's a lot of other things that go into this. How well-trained are you? Are you doing way more reps than you're usually used to? Um, What's your bike fit like? That's a question I ask all the time. When was the last time you got your bike fitted to you? Has anything changed? Did you get anything new on your bike that maybe it's time for you to maybe assess the fit? Are your shoes the right shoes? Um, Are you wearing comfortable shoes that are not causing more fatigue issues? Um, So there's so many more things than just getting potassium, eating a banana, like there's so much more to it than just the hydration. And I love to reiterate that because I think there's so many different avenues you can look at to figure out why you're cramping. Um, And if you're still dealing with those issues, working with a sports dietitian to maybe cross more stuff off the list because we're all pretty well experienced in figuring out and diagnosing some of this stuff. Um, but there's a lot of things you can do on your own. Um, so that would be my big spiel that I always get questions about. And if you are experiencing a cramp, um, what we have seen, uh, is using the gusto facial reflex and having something salty, spicy, briny, sour, have something. I've carried mustard packets, lemon, lemon juice packets, stuff like that for my athletes so that they could have something that just kind of like puckers them up and confuses the body, stops the cramp from happening. So always have something like that on hand too. It's ne- It never hurts. But those are the, the things that I usually like to mention because that's a big question we get about hydration all the time.
1: That's perfect. I I love the mustard packet thing. And that's, I think that's very valid and I've had some athletes use that too. And I know there's some products that we're trying to hit the market and they have hit the market, but I think just something simple, like mustard is perfect, right?
2: Convenient. Like it doesn't have to be crazy. If you're looking for a commercial product, i I've had a lot of athletes use hotshot, but it's very spicy. Um, spicy. So it's really dependent on if you can handle the spice. If it's going to cause you indigestion, don't do it. (laughs) Find something else sour, salty, like pickle juice works perfectly. um, Pickles themselves. Find something that works. It doesn't always have to, you know, be what other people are using.
1: Totally. Well, I'm I'm hearing a lot of preparation in our conversation, right? And that's again, I think, you know, everyone listening, Mm -hmm. we do need to prepare for ourselves and from a hydration perspective. And and this is why we loved having you on, Colette, because I've I feel like so many athletes do uh, they they discount their hydration needs relative to their fueling needs. And I Mm -hmm. and I wish, you know, we're we're trying on I have on this this kind of mission to try to just educate athletes on how important it is to prepare your hydration and not just take the back seat and say, Oh, I'm, I'm out running or biking. I'm thirsty. I might, maybe I should just take a sip of water, but preparing for it. So thank you for all those wonderful yeah. messages regarding
2: that. Yeah. Happy yeah. to talk about it. It's the stuff I love. I love talking about on the regular. So it's fun well, to get can, to talk to other dietitians about it.
1: We can definitely tell your passion uh, for this for sure. Yeah. And, and love that you kind of jumped into the endurance market. We would love to finish up by having our listeners get to know a little bit more about you with our high five questions. So we ask all of our guests these, uh, and and the the questions are never specific or uh, sometimes they're similar, but if you don't mind, and these are kind of rapid fire we would like to ask you five questions to finish up. Are you game? Go for it.
2: Let's all it. right.
1: So the first question is beach or mountains? Beach. Okay. Day. Yeah. Cause you're an LA girl. Okay.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> all right. Um, Colette, what is your favorite thing to do outside, outside of being a registered dietitian at scratch Lab? So like best hobby or Favorite thing to do
2: outside of our nutrition work. Yeah, well, I'm really into fashion and interior design, which is very different than. So I'm always browsing thrift stores and shops, and looking at interior design magazines and all that stuff. So I try to dig into the creative side because it helps me stay sane on the science side of things. (laughs) Um, and that's always something that I've always enjoyed since I was a kid. I sew. I put things together. I craft. um, That's the fun stuff to me. That's (laughs) fantastic.
1: So cool to know about you too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Number three, and this might be a tough one, but what is your favorite dish to cook? Do you have a favorite Um,
2: dish? Yeah, I have a favorite dish. So I am Persian Armenian. So I grew up with a lot of home cooked Middle Eastern foods. Mm. Um, I will say that my mom's uh, uh, like stews, are some of my favorite and I still make them. And there's one that is made with lentils, like yellow lentils and tomato sauce. And that over rice is like one of my go-to weekly meals. Um, And I am obsessed with it.
0: Sounds might wonderful. Have to
2: see that recipe. Although... I might just, I'll definitely share it. But maybe I'll just invite you guys over for a meal and see. There we you. go. That there works. we
1: go. <laughs> is it is that on the scratch cafe menu yet or how, how are we working? Not that?
2: yet. Maybe one day we'll get some <laughs> Middle Eastern influence. Right now it's a lot of Alan's Asian influence, which is equally as delicious. Oh, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I love it. And oh, listeners, well, if you didn't know, just sorry, D, real quick, yeah. there uh scratch just opened a cafe in Boulder. So if you are in the area, you should definitely go check that out. Okay, Dina, go oh, ahead. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, we're on to number four. So when you're ending your day, Colette, do you have a wind down routine or a little ritual to get yourself ready for some shut-eye?
2: Yeah, I am really big on skincare routine. Um, mm-hmm. and I think I kind of adopted that during the pandemic. I'm not I told you guys earlier, I'm not like a routine person, but the skincare is always on game. Like I always, like I have my like five steps. I do the gua sha, like massaging my face and like little eye masks. And it is, it's really important for me so that I can sleep well, um, cause sleep is so important. So skincare oh, yes. routine, really helpful. Cool. That's fantastic.
1: I think that's the first time we've ever heard that. I
2: know. I love that. Yeah,
1: I love that too. I don't even yeah. know
0: what word you just use, <laughs> gua sha or what. And oh, yeah. my
2: skincare. It's a it's a work. massaging technique like lymphatic drainage, <laughs> okay, and it's supposed to be very helpful. I don't know yet. I guess I'll know in maybe twenty years. Okay, yeah, we'll yeah. check back.
1: You know, Dina. Whenever I hear those things, I always have to refer to my in-house specialist, and that being my daughter. Oh <laughs> yes, <laughs> she educates me on all that stuff. Love. Okay, call that last one. Last but not least, and this might be a toughie because we're limiting it to only one answer, but if you only had one piece of advice for every single athlete, this is why it's so tough, right? One yeah. piece of advice, what would that be?
2: Plan, prepare okay. yeah. that. I, I can't stress that enough. Um, your coaches, your parents, your team, like they're not always going to be there and you have to be responsible for yourself. So planning ahead and knowing what you need and what you're expecting is so important, no matter what age you are. I think that it starts early on. Um, but um that autonomy and planning is like super important as we go into more elite level sport.
1: Golden and maybe not even I'll just say maybe even not elite, because yeah. even a recreational, I think there are so many mistakes made in the recreational world of athletics. So totally yeah, that's agree. True. and I'm just and I will
2: like, always also add to that is like the part of planning, like runners bring a bottle with you, even if you don't want to, that yes. is, the, that is the part of planning. I talked with runners cause they refuse to bring anything with oh, them yeah. and it's my biggest gripe. Yeah. Um, but that part of planning, bring a bottle with you everywhere you go.
1: You know why that is, this is interesting. It's, it's, mm. this is of course just me on my little soapbox. Yeah. It's, it's mostly because if these runners are doing cross country track when they're young and mostly cross country, they're not taught to consume Mm -hmm. fluids. Right? And they might have a popsicle after practice or anything, but that like, that is like, when you're saying planning and preparing, it's already part of their mantra and their, mm-hmm. their knowledge of not doing that. Cause nobody has ever taught them. True. Then they get to, cause I've, I've followed high school runners to college to even beyond. And they're like, well, we just didn't know that. Like even in college, they don't do it because mm-hmm. they didn't know. It's not that they don't want to, it's just, they didn't know it. Right. Yeah. 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 We got to awesome. change
2: the culture. That's well, we're here slowly, for.
1: slowly for sure. Well, we appreciate so much that you're doing and congratulations on your role at scratch. We're going to yes. continue to monitor you, but like Dina said, we'd love to have you on future episodes just to talk about, you know, kind of dissect this hydration. Cause I think there's a lot of nuances that we can really look at per, mm-hmm. per episode, you know, based on whatever it is hydration wise, but we love what you guys are doing. We've always been a huge thank supporter you. of, of yeah. Alan Lim and, and what he's doing, especially the fact that, I mean, one, that he employs a sport dietitian, right. Uh, it yeah. cares that much about it. And two, that there's so much great science and research and application and fun products and good tasting products. So yeah. of course we, we well, thank you love so that. much. Yeah, yeah.
2: I was very lucky to be come to scratch. And I hope that other sports nutrition companies take note of this and start following in the same practices, because I think it's really important to have our voice um, for the product that we're recommending for our athletes. For
1: sure. For Um, sure.
2: So thank you so much for having me. It's been so fun.
1: Absolutely. Well, Dina, this has been a fantastic episode, huh? So
0: fun. So great. Thank you again, Colette. Yes. Thank and thank you. you listeners
1: to for listening to this episode. Stay tuned for some more great stuff coming your way from the Inside Sports Nutrition Podcast. And as always, I will say, throw us an email, hit up us, hit us up on Instagram if you have any questions. For our wonderful guests that we have or will have in the future on our episodes, this is why we love your questions. Uh, Dean and I may take a stab at answering them, but if we have an expert like Colette on, we are definitely going to feed them your specific questions. So email us hello at insidesportsnutrition.com and we will catch you on our next episode.
0: All right, thanks again for tuning into this episode. We hope you enjoyed this conversation with Colette talking more about the Scratch Labs products and key strategies and tips around hydration and electrolytes. If you are looking to delve into this topic more for yourselves don't forget you can reach out to us and we're happy to support you in this learning process and really fine-tune your hydration strategies so you can contact bob over at energy performance E-N-R-G, performance.com or myself dina at nutritionmechanic.com And I do offer the sweat sodium testing that Colette mentioned as well here in the Front Range of Colorado, so you can reach out to me if you're interested in learning your own sweat sodium concentration. All right. Next week's episode, we have awesome guests coming on the show, Sid and Mackie. They are professional mountain bike athletes and run a very popular and fun and educational YouTube channel, uh, Sid and Mackie. So check them out. Stay tuned for that episode. It's a really fun conversation with them. Drop us a note if you've got some questions you'd like us to address on a future Ask Us Anything episode, hello at insidesportsnutrition.com. And you can also visit our website, insidesportsnutrition.com, to drop us a question over there. Don't forget to follow our pod if you're not already subscribed. Share it with a friend. And then if you have a minute, leave us a five-star rating on your podcast platform. It really does help us grow and get more guests and subject matter experts and fun athletes and amazing other topics on the show. So we really appreciate you doing that. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely those of the hosts and the guests involved and do not represent a replacement for medical consultation with your doctor. The information and opinions provided here are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease or medical condition. This podcast is for information, education, and entertainment purposes only.